0: or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome to another week and another podcast. And I thought today I'd get into a little bit of self-disclosure and share with you something that I've been kind of suppressing most of my life. Never really talked about it, but today I'm opening up. And it has to do with a little bit of, uh, well, the concept has to do with guilt and shame. And if you're like most, you probably have used these terms interchangeably, but they are different. Guilt has to do with feelings that you did something wrong. Oh, I should never have said that to so-and-so. Whereas shame has to do with how you feel about yourself as a person, you know your your self esteem, your identity. Well, in order to make guilt and shame a little bit more evident, let me let me get into my disclosure, <laughs> which, which is not a terrible thing. But uh, well, let me just start. Many years ago, many decades ago, I guess I was about let's just say eight years old. Okay, and we didn't have much when I was growing up. So as kids, we 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 used to go to the ball field and maybe find some old baseballs that were ripped up and tape them up with electrical tape. But this one day, we found a baseball bat. And this was like treasure for us. But it was split. Whoever had used it, one of the grown-up kids, had split the bat. So we brought it home, or I brought it home, and, and, and I was about to get some screws and screw it together and then tape the bat, and then we would have a baseball bat to use on the old AC field, the athletic field. Well, little did I know, but my neighbor, Antonio, who had just come to the United States a few years ago from Italy, Antonio, for some reason, and it's not clear to me even to this day, felt that the bat should have been his. And he and I held on to that bat for dear life. I had the bottom part. He had the top part. And he was trying to take it out of my hands. Now, the struggle began, and it, it got kind of ugly. And I wound up taking the bat. And leaving Antonio crying and walking home in dismay. Okay, that was the incident. Now, you may say, well, no big deal. Well, for me, it was. Because, you see, I've been carrying this around for a long, long time. Somewhere in my psyche. I mean, I, don't, I haven't been thinking about the bat every day, trust me. But I haven't forgotten about it either. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, an old Zen story about two monks. And the two monks are walking along a a river, a small river, more a stream. And on the other side of the stream is a fair maiden. And she calls over to the monks and she says, oh, please help me get over. I can't cross this river. So the elderly monk of the two crossed over the stream He picked up the young maiden, carried her over, and placed her down on the near bank. So then the two monks went on their journey, and they're walking and walking. And the old monk looks at the younger monk, who is now stern-faced and squinting his eyes and sort of of writhing, and and the old monk says, what's wrong? And the young monk says, I don't understand. You know we're not supposed to touch the flesh of a woman. I don't understand how you could have done that. The old monk looked at him and he said, it took me about five seconds to pick her up and put her down on the near bank. You've been carrying her in your mind for the last two miles. So you see, it's kind of what I'm getting at with the bat. Why would I, a grown man, be carrying around that story in my mind after all these decades. Now, it makes me sound a little crazy, I know. But again, I, I just it's, as a disclaimer, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I think of this often. I, I pulled this out of the hat because of today's podcast. All right, I'm getting defensive. So let's move on. So I've been carrying this around like the young monk. I've been carrying the baseball bat in my mind. That wasn't the baseball bat. But it was feeling guilty. I felt I had done something wrong. Now, I felt that soon after the incident with Antonio. I felt that I had taken the bat. He was a younger, maybe a year younger than I was. I was a bit stronger. And I felt I did something wrong. I I pulled that bat away, and I took it in a kind of violent way, sent him crying. It wasn't typical of me. I was never a bully, ever. And yet in that moment, I had become this tyrant. And, and I, felt, I felt terrible. I mean, Antonio, they had less than we had. And he wanted that bad. It made me feel you know really like miserable for a while. With guilt, I mean, you could usually undo guilt if you did something wrong. You could usually find a way to do something about it. I could have gone and given the bat to Antonio. I didn't. Not sure why. But that's guilt. I felt I did something wrong. Could have undone it, but I didn't. But then I started to feel something else. And that was shame. I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed at what had transpired. And the outcome. I wasn't this mean person. I wasn't this selfish person. But in that moment, I was. And it was kind of disorienting. And I guess on some level, even when I bring it up as a story today, many years later, I'm still ashamed of that person I was who made Antonio cry. I wish I could go back and and undo that. But you see, that's what shame is about, is that we carry that because we see a side of ourselves that we really don't like. So let's just differentiate, just to be clear. With guilt, the making up of bad behavior is easier to do than fundamentally changing yourself. With shame, of course, we're talking about changing who you are or at least in that moment, who I was. And there's not much I could do about that. So as I mentioned, this podcast today has got me doing some self-reflection. And I want to know, which I'm going to explore with you and you're going to help me. (laughs) I want to know on on some level, why do I still feel this shame from this, this incident that happened so long ago? Why do I still feel that way? Well, part of it is because in that heated moment many years ago, I had totally lost my temper. I had given into something, a fire in me, a rage in me, and I had become someone that, well, I guess someone that I wasn't. It wasn't me. And, well, it was me, but it wasn't me. So perhaps the shame that I've carried has to do with what Carl Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist, called the shadow, the shadow part of our personality. And if recollection serves me, Jung referred to the shadow as kind of the the dark side of our personality, that which which is kind of suppressed. That, in in my interpretation, would be that primitive part of us that is capable of going against our conscious identity. There was an old, uh, if any of you go way back, Flip Wilson used to have a TV show, and whenever he would do something wrong, he would say, The devil made me do it. Well, that's kind of the shadow. You know, sometimes we get into situations where not so much the devil, but our shadow personality can emerge, and we could wind up doing things that heretofore seem quite alien. So I wanted to know, well, well, what is is it about that shadow aspect that came out in that incident? And I I come to the conclusion that, well, I look at the fact that I, like you, like me, we have two million years of survival instincts. We've been shaped by evolution to protect ourselves, to survive, to not die. Could it be that what came out of me, per se, had to do with an irrational, kind of instinctual, a territorial rage? Do we have these imprints that reside under the surface in a shadow aspect that when a push comes to shove, all of our, our current conscious, ethical, cultural Perceptions can be undermined. Now, don't, you know, think about it a second. Have you ever been in a situation where you're driving a car and someone cuts you off? Or if you're standing in a line and someone cuts the line in front of you, sometimes it triggers an Antonio response. Sometimes out of nowhere, we become someone who we don't even recognize. So maybe the truth is that what I'm ashamed of was not really the me that I consciously identify with. I was ashamed that I was introduced to another part of me, which I heretofore had not known about. And I didn't like what I saw. And I still don't like it. But I kind of understand it a bit. And I think what I understand is that we are all capable of doing things, saying things, under duress or under certain circumstances where our survival primitive impulses, the fight-flight kind of stuff comes to bear, and when situations warrant that kind of intensity, maybe our conscious everyday person that we see uh, recedes or yields, I should say, to that in us which has survival reflexes now you may say well wanting that bat wasn't a survival well maybe it was think about it a second if i'm a cave person and that was a club to protect me from saber-toothed tigers well damn well better hold on to it and not let someone take it away you know that kind of territoriality would be very survival enhancing you know, just just go to YouTube if you want to see some examples. And there are many people embarrassing themselves. And what happens when you get into the flip part of yourself, uh, something comes out that's quite ugly. It's, it's really a side of us, the shadow side of us, that's there. It's not necessarily part of our everyday life. But under certain circumstances, there it is. I remember another instance, only this time I'm I'm not the perpetrator. I was pulling into a parking space at a, a local nursery. And as I was approaching the space, another vehicle began to back up. And I was moving past that vehicle to get to the space. And I didn't want to get hit. So I tapped my horn. Beep. Nothing more. Just that. And then I pulled into the spot. So I get out of the car, and this elderly guy who, who uh, was backing out got out of his car, and he came over to me, and he was red-faced. He was flushed. He was screaming at the top of his lungs. You're an animal. Why did you do that? I don't understand. And, but he, I had no idea what he was talking about. I looked around, I and said, I said, are you talking to me? He just went on and on. And I was nervous because he was really elderly and I didn't want him to have a heart attack. And I tried to diffuse it and had to wind up walking away. But he had gotten into that territorial rage. And what came out of him was this total ugliness, monster kind of stuff. And I would have to say for him as well, it's probably another side of him maybe a very nice side of him that has no connection to that monstrous person that was screaming and yelling but there it was so am i saying that we all have this potentiality i guess i am and i know jung uses the term shadow a bit differently but i'm using it here in the context that that there are parts of us that, that really transcend our conscious mannerisms, our conscious ethics, our conscious morality. And we're capable of doing horrendous things. So, what, so what, am I, what am I getting at? Well, I guess it is important to understand that we do have a shadow, or the shadow that I'm describing today, that kind of survival reflexive knee-jerk now you know it's it's more than likely connected to our fight flight kind of uh, amygdala response where we are just into survival mode, and that survival mode certainly served us well in actual life threatening situations, and you know that's that's a good thing. But sometimes it can get triggered by emotionally threatening experiences, where something in us kind of flips into life death even though it's just emotional challenge so where am i going with all of this well now i've just unburdened myself after decades of guilt and shame and you know what i think it's time to you know put this to rest for me because the shame i felt was was seeing that other side of me that shadow side of me which i didn't like and which i don't like but i don't have to identify with my shadow. I don't have to identify with that ugliness that came forward on that day. It's not me. And by understanding that you are susceptible, at times, to shadow influences, you're less likely to be ruled by impulse. You're less likely to be ruled by aggressiveness, irrational behavior. But If you hand yourself over to that, and these things start out, you know, from zero to 60 very quickly, but if you're in tune with the fact that that that's a part of you, you don't want to indulge, even in that moment, you'll have some say as to whether you turn away from that, whether you take that deep breath and walk away. Now, you'll never rise above your genetic heritage. I mean, it's there. You know, we... We like to think we are enlightened, and I guess we are, but we also carry with us all those millions of years of shaping influences that have gotten us here, but with a degree of consciousness. I mean, you clearly can extricate yourself from shame and guilt by catching yourself when you feel yourself sliding into that darker abyss. All right, so that's that's mostly what I wanted to talk about today. but. And I also want to talk about neurotic guilt. Now, I've just been talking about guilt over behavior that we don't like or don't agree with or are ashamed of. But what about neurotic guilt? When I say no, I feel guilty. If that person, their feelings get hurt, I must have done something. I feel guilty about that. Now, sometimes we don't do anything wrong, but we nevertheless Because of guilt, we feel we need to be a certain way. We become somewhat yes people, always doing things for people. And if we don't, we feel guilty. Boy, if I don't help prepare a meal, I I have to because I'll feel guilty if I don't. If you don't contribute to charity, you feel guilty. See, it's not like you're doing anything wrong. I was talking to a woman the other day who feels guilty about how her daughter turned out. She's a good mother, did her very best, intelligent. But the daughter got in with some bad crowd stuff, did some bad things, and the mother feels guilty. I said, why do you feel guilty? Well, I must have done something wrong. So the difference is guilt that is when we do something wrong versus guilt that is neurotically driven. Now, what is that? Well, you know what I come back to. Insecurity driven. So when guilt is infused with insecurity, then we can feel guilty just about anything. So we need to be careful when we feel guilt or shame. We need to be more conscious of what's going on. I forgot to feed the dog. I didn't wish her a happy birthday. Oh my God, I'm such a terrible person. Now, just again to reiterate, not wishing someone uh, a happy birthday that would be you feel guilty about that because you didn't do something behaviorally that you should have but feeling ashamed of course is that it makes you feel like you're such a bad person and we reflexively assume that we've done something wrong and if you did nothing wrong then well You've got to stop letting insecurity beat you up. You know, sometimes we do forget, right? Sometimes more often than we'd like to admit. And sometimes we do say the wrong thing. Have you ever shot yourself in the foot and said something that you regret later on? It wasn't intentional. You weren't trying to be mean. You regret that slip. And regret's a lot different from feeling guilty about it. So be careful. And the next time insecurity has you feeling guilt or shame, start out by asking the the very most basic question, did I actually do anything wrong? Now, be careful, be objective, or am I just feeling that I did something wrong? So that's the first question. Did I do something wrong, or do I just feel I did something wrong? And if you didn't do anything wrong, if you conclude that you did not do anything wrong, then ask yourself, why am I allowing insecurity to say otherwise? And the answer you'll come up with is, well, not allowing it. It's just kind of a habit, kind of a reflex. One of my favorite books back from the 70s, I guess, it's still in print. I believe it's by a person named Smith. It's called When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. I love the title of that book. So don't you think it's time to stop allowing insecurity to insist that you have to be perfect, can't screw up, that you can't misspeak, you know, you have to be very precise or that you can't forget. Hey, listen, uh, if you have to live up to those standards, then that's insecurity, because then you can't tolerate being human, which means that every once in a while, much as we don't like it, we do trip up. We do mess up. Now, if you do mess up, again, apologize. Undo the bad behavior. But let's not call behavior bad when it's dictated by insecurity. Scrutinize it. Be objective. I I feel so much lighter today. So, thank you for letting me unburden my my baseball bat story. So, Antonio, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, I do apologize. And like the monk who picked up the fair maiden, I think it's time for me to put it down now. and i'm I'm not that person. Maybe from the shadow standpoint, I could accept the fact that I'm not a perfect human being. I simply must accept the fact that I have a shadow. I don't have to yield to it. I, the more I understand it, the less likely it is that that shall crop up again. I think it's important, though, that we recognize that potentiality. As Flip Wilson said, the devil made me do it. Don't let that happen to you. Just be careful that sometimes, under the circumstances of behavioral challenges, we can. We can lose our grip on who and what we are indeed and more or less hand ourselves over to that in us, which is more primitive. So that being said, let me once again ask you to uh, recognize that this podcast is being brought to you by my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. And if you'd like to know a little bit more about me and my books, Uh, go to my website, selfcoaching.net. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotion... Oh, I'm interrupting myself just because if you want to get in touch with me, please go to the website under the contact section. And also my email is selfcoachinghelp, one word, at AOL.com. Any suggestions or feedback or comments, please get in touch. I'd love to respond. So until next time remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option and by definition victims are powerless and you're not powerless and remember everything's hard until you make it simple so join me every week when you we say we make it simple together in yourself. reach out for your dreams don't surrender there is more than it seems hold on. for your dream.